Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Ben and Crystal Woods. We're your hosts for the We Are Wayfarers podcast. Together, we lead a discipleship ministry called The Brave Way Home, aimed at calling and equipping fellow wayfarers, fellow believers to deeper living, a deeper faith, with eyes fixed on Jesus and hearts set on heaven. You're listening to Season 4, Episode 6, and today we talk about holy perseverance and the vital role it plays as we hold on to hope. Welcome to episode six. Episode six. Yeah. Wow. Hey, we're we're in it, right? I mean, it's episode six. Yeah, we're more so. than halfway now. Yeah. Well, they don't know that, but oh, we know that. Yeah. Is out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, we're so thankful for your grace in listening along. We're grateful for that. I I know for us, with everything that we've been going after with this podcast, our hope has always been to just spur you on and build you up and encourage your heart forward as we all seek to fix our eyes on Jesus and set our hearts on heaven. And so we are staying after it and we are leaning in and we are glad that you are with us. Absolutely. And school's almost out. Oh my. Final countdown. Final Come countdown. on. You gotta yeah. <laughs> and I'm ready for summer. If you know me, you know Aren't I like all? to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> I like to sleep. It's one of my How favorite would people things. know that? Right. I said if you know me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little ready for that summer rhythm of, of not as having like those hectic mornings getting everybody off to school, but I am gonna miss that structure and the consistent rhythm that we have. Um, but it's going to be great. The summer is going to be um, hopefully a time of rest and renewal and, and adventure. And togetherness, too. I think that's that's going to be important for our hearts. But, yeah, we're coming up to the end of May. And I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, we are already out of school. Yeah. Um, but, um, hey, we're going to – the pond is getting fixed. So. Yeah. There's work projects So if ahead. you were listening a couple episodes <laughs> ago, yeah, they, yeah, we got projects. That's the best way to put it. Summer projects. Yeah, and uh, like I, I know, I know we've mentioned before. This is kind of a bittersweet time of year, and so with all the sweet things, we just really hold on closely to that. And one of those things is that we will get to present the Calla Woods Award at Calla's school at her elementary school. Um, and each year they pick a fourth grader that kind of exhibits the character that they recognize in Kala, the, the look out for the left out kind of um, mentality, the way that, that these students live their lives. And so we get to present the Kala Woods Award, and that is a profound honor. It is a beautiful thing um, that, number one, that her school remembers her, that her school loves her and celebrates her, um, and number two, that there are other people, other kids who are exemplifying this kind of an outlook on life that will actually change the world. Like these are the world changers that are living out their kindness. And I think there's just such beauty in that, something we are privileged to get to step into. Yeah, it's one of those things that's hard, but it's good. And I think it allows us to see one more way that God is redeeming our story and Cala's story. And to be able to share about Lookout for the Left Out 
it's worth noting right now that like we have some really beautiful things unfolding with all the work that we've been putting into look out for the left out and so yeah everybody we've got some news coming uh we can't share it just yet but uh i will say this be on the lookout um we we've got some really exciting things coming up with with all of that that we hope to be sharing here soon but you know we haven't mentioned this in a while so while i'm thinking of it um if you want to stay in the loop with things like that with stuff that's that's unfolding like you can sign up on our on our website. Go to our website, thebravewayhome.com, and you can sign up for our email newsletter. Like, Yeah, but we promise not to bombard you. Yeah, I think we, we, we just sent one out this last week, and that was the first one since April. Well, we only, about every six weeks, yeah. somewhere around in there. Yeah, like we don't, promise it's not like signing up for promotional emails yeah, all the time. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, say you go to a website and you're looking at patio furniture. <laughs> And, and even if you even if you pick you. something out, they're sending you something <laughs> multiple times a day. Um, it's not that, and so yeah. But it's a it's a great way to be connected, to get connected, stay connected. Just head into the website. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a portal to actually connecting with us in a new way because we want to hear from you. We we pray for you and we want to serve you, and so. If you would, just please reach out, drop us a line, shoot us an email, make a comment on something. We want interaction with our listeners, with the people who we're wayfaring alongside. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the website is a the, the landing spot for all of it. It's, it's a way to explore ways to be connected further, um, just like you're talking about, but also even partner with the Brave Way Home. I know as more people are joining us and listening along. They're trying to like, what even is the Brave Way Home? And so there's there's so many ways. If you've been listening along for any time at all, like you've heard us say that we're praying that God raise up a movement of wayfaring disciples, like living out an eternal mindset wherever they are, because that's how we point the people around us to the hope that we have in Jesus. And so there's a bunch of ways to lock arms with one another. I mean, we we can partner in prayer, like covering the ministry work of the Brave Way Home in prayer. We want everything we're doing to be covered in prayer. And I mean, and that includes you. Like, um, send us an email. Uh, I don't know that we've ever email. shared our emails. It's just Ben at the Brave Way Home and Crystal at the Brave Way Home. Yeah. It's pretty simple. But if you, can, if, if you can remember the bravewayhome.com. Yeah, it's all on there. there. Super easy. <laughs> but we do want to invite you to partner with the Brave Way Home. We'd love for you um, particularly to share the podcast with your friends and family or anybody who might need encouraged forward with what we're leaning into together. Like, I mean, I think I've mentioned before, it's a little uncomfortable to like market the podcast. It feels a lot like self-promoting, which is uncomfortable and like kind of yucky feeling but like we're learning that lots of people have no idea that this kind of a resource is even out there so we're trying our best to lean into that uncomfortable and that unfamiliar but word of mouth that is by far the most effective way to spread the podcast because it's based on experience it's based on like personal endorsement so if you're growing here if you're encouraged by these conversations please tell people about it invite them into this space too well in our hearts our, our burden to dig into these themes, right? Like of the hope held out. It's, there's like a fire in our bones. Like we believe it's helpful in the context of grief, but not just for those in grieving seasons. Like this is for everybody. This is the way we walk out our faith and in, in the way we follow Jesus. And so 
I'm going to throw this out there. We would love to come to your church or your ministry. And so there's ways to partner in helping coordinate an opportunity for us to come and teach and speak. And it has been such a blessing to get to be circled up in a room with people um, serving in that way. And it's happened through weekend services, workshops, marriage and family, discipleship, like grief and hope and all these different types of gatherings, retreats, big, small, near, far. Like there's countless ways that we've had the privilege of getting to serve in that way. And that means that there's countless ways to create a pathway. And so many of those doors are the ones that you will help open by the way that you share what the Brave Way Home is doing. And so it's a beautiful way. Yeah. And there's a ton of different ways that you can partner with us. And we, if, if this is something, if this ministry is something that you want to lock arms with, if you want to um, move forward together on mission with us, then we'd love to talk to you about that. Reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. And as is always the case, the website is the best spot. But if you're like all about social media, I mean, we're and we primarily use Facebook and Instagram as best we know how. Um, good heavens. But the website is the best landing spot for all that. And so hopefully hopefully we get to hear from you, but also hopefully we get to see you in person, maybe at a gathering near you here soon. And so here's the deal. Let's turn a corner here, yeah, and get to it, right? Like everybody, if you're listening along closely, you've probably been noticing a pattern here. Like as we dig into this season and the way that we wayfair forward with hope held out, like you were saying that so much, right? The, the Colossians one, like looking at that spiritual journey that we're walking from all these different dimensions and angles and perspectives. And we talked about holy perspective, like having eternal eyes, like a holy pursuit, choosing to run after those promises that lay ahead, but at a holy pace with Jesus's holy presence. And, and so today we want to highlight what is produced, and that is a holy perseverance. And so let's just bring some definition to kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah? You feel good with that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, you're like, all right. So let's talk about perseverance. I think, like, let's maybe come out of the gates with a little bit of definition here. I think this is simply the persistence to keep doing something despite difficulty or delay. So to, to persevere, it's to keep going, it's to not give up, it's to continue a course of action through difficulty and distraction. Wow, we could stop right there and spend all day talking about like distraction, but but it's to keep moving forward through hardship and heartache, like through confusion or uncertainty. To persevere, it's to keep going through everything so that you see it through to the end. And so I think... If we're looking for a way to give definition to, to perseverance, it's to stay the course. Mm -hmm. I would say to persevere is to walk the brave way home. And so this is a big piece of what we're going after. It's, it's brave to choose Jesus. It's brave to keep choosing Jesus in the face of hard things. Our, Judah is like breathing heavy. Our dog is at our feet. And I just, I don't know. There you go, gang. He's in here with us <laughs> alongside Selah. But I think when we when we think about how brave it is to choose Jesus and keep choosing Jesus in the face of hard things, that is perseverance. Mm -hmm. And I think if we look at the landscape of our world as we navigate like the brokenness of this world, we are bombarded with one heartbreaking story after another. Like navigating grief of some kind. That's where people are at. They just don't maybe have the the language attached to it to know to call it that. 
even if they're just grieving their normal or they're just groaning for something new. I think people are seeking some sense of stability, like of some kind that that we we feel that collectively, I think individually, we're all trying to embrace a new reality that we're all walking in. And I would say that I think it's been hard to keep leaning into so much change, so much loss, so much conflict everywhere. I think it's hard to keep a healthy head and heart about it all. And I believe that every believer's heart needs reminded, stay the course. Like we need encouraged with persevering hope because the world needs hope and they aren't going to get it anywhere else. I think a vital part of holding on to hope, it is staying the course, persevering hope. Now, holy perseverance, staying the course, I think that's a theme all throughout Scripture over and over again, story after story of people persevering through trials and temptations, like suffering, hardship, heartache, like, and all of it, right? It's because of who they trust is leading them and where they trust he's leading them mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. But hope, like hope is a theme that courses through the veins of scripture. Like this is something we draw up because it is built up on the promises of God. And there are countless passages that speak to the persevering hope that we have. And so let me just throw this out here. What are some of the passages? Crystal, this is your, this is your green light. Okay. Like what are some (laughs) of the passages that service? I know you're just like, Ben, shut up. I've got things to say. Like (laughs) that these passages, what are the passages that surface in your heart when you think of holy perseverance? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about the examples all throughout scripture, I mean, right now at our church, we're talking about Joseph and about his life of perseverance, how he had all of these uh, troubles that come his way, but he continues to persevere. He continues to trust in God. Um, and I was literally just reading yesterday in Matthew 5. Here comes the, the, the popcorn of passages. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I like that you tease me about it, but you no, do I'm, it too. I'm not teasing. I love watching you just like spitfire passages. It's great. Uh, but in Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about the blessing of persecution because when you are persecuted, blessed are you when you're persecuted because great is your reward in heaven. And then that took my heart to like the last half of First Peter 3 and First Peter 4, uh, specifically like verse 19. Uh, so if you're, in, if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. And like all of Revelation is a call to patient endurance. Like uh, Revelation 13, 10, God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Um, And then of course, like Hebrews 11, (laughs) like the heroes of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, living like foreigners in the tents um, uh, in the land that God swore to give them. Uh, They're confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, but they've never received all of the promises in their lifetime here because All of them died still believing what God promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. Um, Just a little further down in that passage, (laughs) Moses was rejecting the treasures of of Egypt and his life of privilege because he was looking ahead to his great reward. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And then at the very end of 
Hebrews 11, all these people that were too good for the world, as Hebrews puts it, they went about destitute, despised, beaten, imprisoned, murdered, who all placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. And all of that (laughs) takes my heart to Romans 5 and that holy process that's outlined there, that trouble that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will never, never disappoint. disappoint. And then it's I'm struck by that. That trouble is an essential ingredient for the holy recipe of perseverance. Like when you have adopted a holy perspective, like if you've truly allowed heavenly thinking to invade your earthly living, then the only way to develop perseverance is by experiencing trouble with a holy perspective. And that's a, that's a hard truth. It's hard to accept, but it's been proven over and over and over again. Perseverance, the patient endurance, the long suffering that scripture talks about. It's not developed in peaceful times. It's developed in the dark, mm. in the painful, in the sorrow, in the disappointment, in the suffering, in our troubles. And I won't pretend to understand like why God allows what he allows, but I will take heart in the truth that he doesn't waste what he allows. Like our suffering is not arbitrary to him. He doesn't like carelessly dole out trouble. He knows the cost of sorrow. He feels the weight of our pain and our brokenness. He hears the agony of our cries. He knows firsthand the pain of death, but he will not allow what he will not redeem. His holy perspective allows us to look at our very real troubles and label it with a powerful adjective, temporary. Second mm. Corinthians 4, 17 says, Our light and momentary troubles produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Because perseverance develops when we cling to God's promises in the middle of our trouble. It's the testing of our faith, like in James 1, that our endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is finally developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When we literally hold the hope of God's promises out before us, we will be able to patiently endure our earthly troubles because we trust that God is producing something profoundly valuable through our determined choice to trust in him. Yeah. Man. He says rejoice in your sufferings, right? Like, yeah. Not rejoice because of your sufferings. I think you see that. You know, you just mentioned James 1, like, consider it pure joy. <laughs> Right. And in Romans five, I mean, that's the rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Like Paul and James had to have had some conversations about (laughs) that. Right. But I think when when you have a holy perspective, you you know that nothing is wasted. There's a unique connection between earthly suffering and eternal joy between perseverance and glory. Yeah. I think he just as we just said, he will not allow what he will not redeem. He's developing something glorious through our holy perseverance. Yeah, he does not waste our pain. Yeah, and that takes me (laughs) to Hebrews 10. Uh, 
Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised mm. is faithful. Like everything that's being unpacked there, it's all in light of what Jesus did on the cross. Like in light of what Jesus did, that, that once for all sacrifice. So let us hold fast to truth. Like this is that, um, that holding unswervingly to what we know to be true. This is that holding fast to where we have anchored our hope. I can't help but think of a song I love singing, Cornerstone. And it is it has continued to minister to me. I can't sing it without having goosebumps. But literally, like my anchor holds within the veil. I mean, that that idea of where my hope is anchored to that that's coming straight out of Hebrews, mm -hmm. Hebrews six, actually like verse 19, this hope we profess like this anchor for firm our souls, anchor. firm and secure. And so we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And here's the thing about anchors. You can't see them like, but they are what stabilize the ship in uncontrollable storms. Mm -hmm. Like our hope is anchored in our heavenly home. We aren't anchored to here because our hope is not here. So holy perseverance, I think, is that holding unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful without doubt, without hesitation, without wavering. I mean, uh, I'm a geek and I love to study words. And, and one of the things about that word unswervingly, it literally means like an upright object that's not inclining at all, like from the true perpendicular. So just like, just think about that for a second. Like we can only stand upright because of the firm foundation underneath us. So when I think of holy perseverance, I think this is that gritty holding tightly to the truth that has a firm grip on us. And when I try to put myself in the position of these, these original readers of Hebrews, like they were wrestling with the temptation to turn back because things were hard. Yeah. They were tempted to give up because things were hard. And I think I can relate to that. I, th I think that resonates with me. Like, like when things are just, when we are discouraged, we are tempted to waver. Like when things that are hard come our way. If we are not anchored to what we know to be true, the hope we have, the affirmation of our salvation, we will inevitably waver. And so if we're going to have holy perseverance, we're going to hold fast to truth. For he who promised is faithful. He cannot and he will not deny himself. I think the hope that we profess, I think that's what rests on the faithfulness of God. Like, for him to keep the promises that he's made. The only reason we can stand strong is because he who promised is faithful. It's not our strength, it's his. Mm -hmm. Like his, these promises, they're reliable, they're durable, they last. An unswerving, unwavering confidence can persevere, I think, anything when it is anchored to eternal hope. And so a question I ask myself all the time, and you know this, Maybe we've got to be willing to ask ourselves this. How's your grip? Like, what are you holding fast to? Because if we're going to persevere with hope, we're going to hold fast to truth. And again, if I can still hang out uh, in Hebrews 10, like that, that 35, right? Yeah. Verse 35, 36, 37, like the don't throw away your confident trust. It will be richly rewarded. 
you need to persevere. Mm-hmm. Like you need to. But some of the most important words you can read in scripture are simply so that. Like you need to do this so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Mm-hmm. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. There is an obvious, blatant call to persevere. And I can't help but think, I know this, to some people this may seem so silly, but I think back to when Kala was trying to teach me how to make slime. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I'm like constantly one (laughs) step away from utter disaster. Like, I mean, it's like, I had never done this before. I did not know what I was doing. She's trying to teach me. And she was so excited and she gives, and if you've ever done this, this will make sense, but she's given, she's putting all the ingredients here. And my job is to start putting my hands in it and like mashing it up and doing stuff with it. And it is getting all over my hands. And I'm thinking one mistake here, and this is going to go everywhere. And I was literally so ready to quit because I was like, I, this is, I've done something wrong. Okay. Or she's done something wrong. Yeah. Maybe she didn't add the right ingredients. But my my or... thought was that I did something wrong. <laughs> and I will never forget Kala saying, Daddy, just don't quit. Like, you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. It will stay a mess if you just stay there. But you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Yeah. And next thing you know, matter of minutes later, it's like magical. All of this slime is like, it's not sticking to me at all. And I'm playing with it. And it it was beautiful. But I, that, that story, I come back to it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a metaphor for everything else. Yeah. You can't quit. You have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That patient endurance. I, I mean, I... I say all the time that Arcala is one of my heroes of the faith. Like, And just after that hall of heroes in Hebrews 11 comes Hebrews 12, the great mm. cloud or the great crowd of witnesses. And I think about all of the people who have gone before us, like just in rapt attention on what's going on around us right now, just cheering us on and I think of that sweet face and that great crowd of witnesses my Cala cheering us on keep going don't quit and it makes me want to run it like it makes me want to do what it says to strip off every weight that slows us down especially that sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us yeah throw off everything that hinders right throw it all off and the sin that's so easily entangles i like all the things that i think we're tempted to anchor ourselves to here mm-hmm. right like like all the things that you want to maybe settle for the temporary to dull your senses and to keep you from growing your appetite for the eternal those things that are trying to get their hands on you because the world wants you to quit i think our world has very little value for endurance oh yeah but wayfarers will persevere on the road set before them, following the example of our king who went before us. That is Hebrews 12. Like the we fix, fix our, our eyes. eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, who for the, the joy, joy set before, before him endured the cross, <sighs> scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You will not. All that is so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When I think of that anchor metaphor, our anchor has already gone in to heaven for us. Christ right now already sits at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. And that is where our hope is leading us. It is inevitably pulling us through the veil to a savior, a king, a high priest who has already gone in there for us. We follow our king's example. Like we are called to holy perseverance called to run that race that he set before us faithfully by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and our hearts set on where he sits right now. We keep that joy set before us. We allow heavenly thinking to invade earthly living, to propel our earthly living. Like 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We keep our eyes on the one who is eternal. We keep the end in mind. We follow our king home. We remember all he's done and we look forward to all that lies ahead. We cling to and welcome precious promises even from a distance, because we believe in where he is leading us. We remember we're wayfarers, that this is not home, but that we are on the way there. There is great joy ahead, and we must persevere as we travel home. Yeah. It makes me think back to Romans 12. We've referenced it a handful of times already in in the last handful of episodes of the reminder that we are not to conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Like we we are to change course. Like we are to stop doing one thing and start doing another, like move in a distinctly different direction that, and just a matter of verses later, like part of that, how that transformation, part of how that renewing is seen, like 12, 12, Romans 12, 12, right? Like we're joyful in hope. We're patient in affliction and we're faithful in prayer. Like mm-hmm. that joy, that joy is in our hope in Christ's return. Like that joy is in our hope in Christ's return, right? Like that, that patience in affliction, that's perseverance. Mm-hmm. But just as we talked about last week with John 16, like verse 33, like in this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. But right after is when Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like take heart. That that literally means like be encouraged, be of good cheer, be bold, be confident, be courageous, be brave, right? Like, like be ready to face and endure danger or pain. The word overcome, like it carries such a rich and robust meaning. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, You may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. Like, I think this is where like valor and victory are pronounced together. Like in so many ways, I think this is the essence of the Christian life that we would count on trouble, but we would take courage in Christ's victory. Yeah. And I think this is the point where we add an essential ingredient to the holy recipe for perseverance, like We add our faith. Yeah. We give it our choice to believe in Jesus and take step over determined step 
as we follow him. We set our face like a stone. We are determined to do his will. And perseverance is responding to trouble with faith. And it's our choice. It's your choice. It is how you partner, like how you participate in that holy process that produces the perseverance that you need for the journey. Because yes, Jesus has overcome the world, like he said, like he said, but we still have to walk out our race. Like he's not going to force us to walk the road. We choose to. In Revelation, it's that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, testimony. like perseverance through trouble, through wilderness, through suffering. It is the testimony, the evidence of our faith, that action that testifies to where our eyes are fixed and where our hearts are set. The way that you persevere through the pain that you know is often the best evidence of the gospel at work in your life. It's the proof of where your hope lies. Like our choice to persevere through the trouble in this world is tied inextricably to our faith in the truth that Christ has already overcome it. Yeah. His victory is our victory. And I, I, we can't miss this. I love how Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Like, think about that for a second. This is before the garden. This is before the mocking and the beating and the spitting and the torture that he was about to endure. Like, this is before the disciples deserted him. This is before Judas betrayed him. Like, this is before Peter denied him, mm. right? This is before the cross when he said these words. And yet, Jesus had already overcome the world. He didn't say, I will. He said, I have. And there's a difference. Like we overcome because he overcame. I think Jesus, he faced the cross for us. He defeated sin and death for us. Once for all, decided, settled. Like he has the victory. He rose again. He lives forever. He reigns eternally. It is finished He's overcome the world. As those who follow him and call him Savior and King, we can face whatever comes our way because in him we too have overcome. That is holy perseverance. Mm. So don't grow weary and lose heart, but take heart. And it's not taking heart in your own abilities or our own willpower, but in the assurance of the finished work of Jesus. And that is good, good news for people like me who are weak and who are weary. Perseverance is not something we can manufacture on our own. It's not based on our own strength. It is not something we can come to on our own. It is the power of God working in you to give you both the desire and the ability to do what pleases him. That's Philippians 2. And there's another translation that says to give you both the will and the desire to do what pleases him. Like let him build your perseverance on your faith in him. Like there's a Peterson quote that I've clung to in moments of just uncertainty where I don't know if I can hold out on um, that much longer. But the, the line is, perseverance is not the result of our determination. It is the result of God's faithfulness. Because he is always faithful, we can persevere. Because he is the overcoming king who is with us right now, helping us to endure 
like strengthening our faith, walking with us every moment of the way. And we just have to be brave enough to walk it with him. Like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. Like when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the fire, I will be with you. And Cal's favorite verse, that for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Like we don't walk alone. We have a holy presence that walks with us who is producing a holy perseverance. Can I talk about John 15 for a second? (laughs) Like, that remain in me and I will remain in you. Like mm-hmm. the intimacy of that relationship, like apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. I think that includes perseverance, like through hard, hard things. Like it doesn't say apart from me, you can do some things. It doesn't it, like he doesn't say you might need me from time to time. Like he says, no, like apart from me, you can do nothing. That word abide, like abide in him, like remain in him, stay put in him, because it's the best place for you to be. Like, I think Jesus teaches, he taught his disciples then, and he teaches us that this peace and this courage in the face of hard things, it could only be experienced through abiding in him. Like, that's how holy presence holds hands with holy perseverance. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's just a matter of verses later, like uh, verse 11, I think, where it's like, I've told you this so that, there again, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Like, so don't, don't forget, like that whole night, Jesus was pouring out all kinds of things that these anxious hearts mm-hmm. needed to hear. I mean, John 14, the peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This peace is ours in Jesus. This joy, it is ours in Jesus. This courage and this confidence is ours in Jesus because we belong to the one who overcame the world. Over and over and over again, there is a call to stay the course, to keep the faith, to keep walking, to keep trusting, to keep persevering. And like you always say, don't settle and don't quit because home is up ahead. Mm. You know, First John 2, and now, dear children, continue in him so that, <laughs> there it is again, when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. We know he's coming back. He's coming back to take us all home. And what a brave, brave journey it is to faithfully lean into it all and run the race marked out for us until we get home. And maybe today, in the midst of wherever you are walking, your heart just needs reminded. We have triumph over our troubles when we are in Christ. Like our troubles are producing for us a glory that vastly outweighs them Eternal treasures that endure long after our temporary troubles have been wiped away forever. Yes. And to quote you in one of the songs that you've written, one of my favorites, this world won't last, so don't stop breathing. 
your king will come. We are not just endlessly persevering. We're not just enduring to endure. Like we're not just suffering to suffer or surviving to survive. Our holy perseverance is for a holy purpose. Like the race has a finish line. The pilgrims one day will reach the promised land. The wayfarer will finally reach his eternal home. Our king will come. We already know how the story ends. We know that he is overcome. We know that he is victorious. We know that he is right now sitting at the right hand of the throne in heaven. And we know that he is coming back again soon. And we know that though we have trouble in this world, it will not last. Eternity with our King Jesus, it'll look like the end of all trouble mm -hmm. and the fullness of all peace. The worst things are not the last things. Yeah. Holy perseverance is essential to holding on to hope. It's your testimony to a watching world that any strength they see in you is not from you. Your King has overcome and your King will come again. Yes. Because the world needs hope, and they ain't going to get it anywhere else. Hope. A hope that will never disappoint. It is the final product of the process. Like suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that hope does not disappoint. Your holy perseverance is an essential part of the order that leads to the hope our world so desperately needs. So keep wayfaring keep persevering patient endurance is what you need now because someone somewhere is going to need your example of holy perseverance and trust me god will not waste it